Hey guys, welcome to Higher Points, and we're coming at you today with a little bit different of an episode. Just uh, Nick and I here, and I just brought some talking points on to uh, discuss and mull over, and uh, we'll just uh, go with it and see what happens. Um, so one of the first ones that I just wanted to bring up is like <coughs> cognitive uh, biases in society, and I guess like cognitive bias is something that you see over and over again and kind of like you start to think in that same way as like the media you're reading or the Facebook posts or this and that. And so like you kind of surround yourself with these ideas and then you start believing these ideas, whether they're true or not, just because you see them over and over again. Does that sound kind of right? Yeah. And then, well, and I think it's it's a good preface to the conversation that we're getting ready to have. Mm-hmm. So I think it was it's a good point to start on. So the actual technical definition of cognitive bias is uh, a systematic thought process caused by the tendency of the human brain to simplify information processing through a filter of personal experience and preferences. And basically, it's a coping mechanism that enables the brain to prioritize and process large amounts of information quickly. So to me... To me, this is like if we put that into like some of the, the major talking points, and of course, we can, we, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I just want to make some comparisons. Is everybody says, like, well, um, you know, Australia, for instance, has um, universal health care, like mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote free health care. And well, it works in Australia, so that means it should work here. Well, okay. Um, that, that is a cognitive bias. That is yeah. a pe- people that are saying that you know, like from there and stuff like they're using their personal experience to say what works here. Why couldn't it work there kind of thing? Well, when that's like, that's like comparing apples and oranges because the entire population of Australia is the same population as the state of Florida. Yep. Granted, it's a huge landmass. Yes, it is massive when you look at it on the map, but the actual population is different. So that's a cognitive bias. Um, also, you know, they took guns away in the UK you know, that is also another bias because, you know, it's a completely different set of circumstances. It's a lot smaller of a country. Yeah. It's yeah. just and, and, and also it's a lot different culture, a, mm-hmm. a lot different culturally too. You know, that'd be like saying that I'm going to walk into the middle of uh, Pakistan and, and I'm going to get a warm welcome as a Christian man, you know, a Christian white man that I'm just going to come in. Well, I, I, in, in America, I'm a Christian white man. I like culturally I fit in here, but mm-hmm. if I were to go there, I wouldn't. So those, those are the cognitive bias things. So uh, I think that was a good thing to start with. Cause I had no idea that you were starting with any of this stuff. Like I sat down cold and here we are. So, uh, it's a good, it's a good talking point. So I think we're going to look at the, the podcast through that lens of, yeah. of realizing that some of this may be through our cognitive bias. And I think we're willing to acknowledge some of that. And um, a couple more points I had on that is like in our political system, you know, like there is cognitive bias on both sides, you know, because like we've talked about before, like when I Google search something, it pops up and it's like Fox News and all your right leaning stuff. Whereas like my mom Googles something, it's like CNN and your left leaning media outlets. Um, So you're going to see those biased opinions on either side. And that's part of the reason that there's division in this and that. And um, which, I mean, causes division and which is the whole point. Yeah. But continue. Um, so I was going to ask, do you think that is our fault or the media's fault or for that happening? You know, is it our responsibility to be able to look at that and decipher what we need to see? Or is that the media? Um, is it I'm, both? I'm, I'm all about like, I think Andy, Andy says it the best. Here we go. Talking about Andy again. Uh, you know, I, if things don't work out between him and his wife, I might marry him. But anyway, um, uh, is, is personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. So I personally feel it's our fault Mm -hmm. because we, we know that let's face it, Fox news, MSNBC, all those big names that you want to talk about, their ultimate goal is to make money. Yep. That's it. Then they don't give a shit about informing you or anything like that. So if they can do something that inflames you or keeps your attention for 30 seconds, one minute, five minutes, whatever, longer, you're seeing more ad space, they make more money. Mm-hmm. So we know that as a society, that that is not something that is a foreign concept. We know these things are happening. Like that's not a cognitive bias thing, right? That is that is fact. Mm-hmm. When it comes to selling ads and marketing, that's where the money's at. The longer they can keep you there, the more money they make. The more entertained you so are. So I think... 
that's 100% on us as a society because we need to be voting with our dollar. Mm-hmm. That's why I spend my money with companies like you. Um, and when I was on vacation, when I went to go buy a souvenir, I flipped the tag over. And if I see made in China, it gets put back. And that's not against that small shop owner. But if I go into a shop when they're there, like, for instance, we went into a, a glass blown shop. Yeah. Like we're watching the guy blow the glass and make a hummingbird feeder. And that's the cool thing is you can find those little local places, the whole mall spots. And more and more you're seeing that they're having more success than the Because ones. people are tired of the cheap, you know, cheap made over the seas yep. kind of crap. But we got off subject. So I think it's it's fully on us, 100%. It's not the media's fault. The media is just a business. Like if you found a way to uh, diversify your revenue stream here at High Point Farms, mm-hmm. and, and I know you guys are moral and ethical, and I'm not trying to say that you aren't, but like, would you not do it? If you had a way to try to make some more money, would you not give it a shot? I mean, again, you're not going to screw people over by like giving them bad product or whatever. I'm not yeah. saying that. But you're a business. Yeah. What is a business's goal is not to make money. It's ultimately to like help people help set them people. up for success. Yeah. But how, you can't do that. I shouldn't say you can't. It's harder to do that without a good a revenue stream. A revenue stream makes it easier. And I think like you're seeing that now a little bit with our news outlets, and they're kind of struggling. Like Fox has struggled a little bit, not as bad as CNN. Like CNN's in a world of hurt right now. But you see podcasts really taking off right now because of this reason, I feel like. Well, here's here's what I see happening with podcasts is people like you and I, we started this and, you know, we're going to get we're going to get in under like a podcast network of some kind at some point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it may take off. It may do its thing. We may do great. We may sell it. We may flounder, whatever. But later on down the line, top 5, 10, 15, 20 years, all these podcasts are going to be under a network. You're going to be under contracts. You're going to be under all these things. And big companies like the MSNs, the MS, the CNNs, all that, they're going to buy those up and just start the process all over again. Yep. That's what I foresee. Yep. And, well, now you scared me. Because, well, <laughs> I'm just saying because let's face it. Right now, you and I, we're sitting in this room saying whatever the fuck we want. And we nobody can filter us except for the podcast well, and, the and they could, streaming. but we're not, we're not big enough. Yeah. I guarantee if Podbean listened to some of the things they, that we were saying, they probably would not be happy with what we said. Yeah. So we're not big enough for them to really care about. You're yeah. not getting that out to enough people to care. Fair. But someday, maybe. Um, I hope so. So I guess, would you say the solution is then like for people to educate themselves? Because like... <sighs> <laughs> I mean, since it's since it's our fault, you know, people have to educate themselves. But then, how do you educate yourself? You know, I had this discussion yeah, with my sister yeah. yesterday. You know, I voted for on August second. You know, and I went in there. And I'm like, I know like three of these names. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I know these names because they are against cannabis. You know, and so I'm looking at it from my business standpoint, and it's like, where do you find this information at that is truth, truthful and honest? Like. How do you educate yourself? Yeah. You know, it's well, a, it's a, you're between a rock and a hard place on this deal. Like, where do you go? <laughs> well, it's like you said, um, there was one day that I downloaded my, like there was a place I could go to on Facebook that was basically like, what information is Facebook storing about me? Mm-hmm. And it went in there and it had everything. Like, I mean, I, I didn't put my date of birth and stuff in, but it had like things that I didn't put in. Like, for instance, it had uh, politi- my political views. It guessed accurately based, based on, on your likes I, and what you yeah. even just scrolled and stopped and read, uh-huh. you it, know, like how many seconds you looked at that picture in the article or if you clicked it and clicked out, you know, well, that's another thing, you know, you know, phones have that built in as well, right? Mm-hmm. The eye tracking where they can see where you've stopped where it on the screen. Your eye. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, not all phones, but phones do. That's why that. you see the like, well, I don't know, like. Certain games and stuff will scroll through, and they're just satisfying to the eye. You know, they catch the eye, and they then they get you to download this game, and then they just run ads the whole time. It's just a stupid, like, five-minute game. You know, they just get the ad space, basically. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to, so to back to your question of how, how like, how do we educate ourselves, um, I, I think in today's day and age and world is to get away from – seeking all the answers on electronic devices and that includes your television mm-hmm. and going out and in the old school of what you and i have kind of built our podcast on of going and having the conversations with the jason probst of the world mm-hmm. 
and the people that are the boots on the ground that have been there, done that, seen it, and and are and they have their own cognitive biases. Yeah. So not talking to just Jason and then making your decision, but talking to multiple people like him or whatever, whatever the subject matter is that you want to know about, go do that. Like for instance. Uh, a good way that I, I did that was I could have watched CNN, MSNBC, all those, searched Google for the Uvalde thing, mm-hmm. but I waited until the Texas House Committee's interim report came out. And the Texas House Committee, they 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 aren't necessarily serving because they they don't they're not they don't fund either police department, any of those police departments it's just or anything strictly like that. Information. They they just went in and did an investigation. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, from what I've read so far, a decent one. Uh, some things, uh, some other questions need to be handled, but I, I don't want to get too much into it because I'd really like to talk more with Bill Howard on that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't, I haven't told you cause I was on vacation, but he and I were texting and he kind of wants to go over some of that stuff on another podcast, which I think is cause he and I were just back and forth anyway. So, um, back on the subject at hand, uh, is to get away from that because let's face it, like you said, these algorithms, I mean, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them are math equations. Yep. That's all you are to that company. And uh, if, if I got this math equation and I can manipulate this person into what I want or what I think they want to see, then I can make more money. So getting away from educating yourself with electronic devices. And if you choose... Because you have to. Let's face it. At the end of the day, there. Like for instance, we looked up what cognitive bias was on Google, and you don't have the time. And the you don't. I mean, time is valuable, yep, right. and you don't have the time to go talk to every single oh, representative. Yeah, right, you know, right. like it's, and that's that's the tough part about it. You know, um, but I do like the idea of getting out and talking to people. That I mean, I, I love networking like that. That's what like Saturday yeah. night did that deal, the mixer for the Kansas Cannabis Coalition, and. Um, Senator Mary Ware was there. She's come to a couple different things. She's the representative for like Riverside there in Wichita. And then actually the, the mayor of Wichita came in and talked to us, which was kind of cool. And he had talked to one of our, um, board members talking about doing like a processing plant, kind of like Melissa has in South Bend. And he'd like asked questions like, so what do I got to do to get you to bring that business here instead of in Kansas City? You know, and just having those conversations with people because a lot of, a lot of us wouldn't think that, like, with the way the senators vote, the way the senators vote there in Wichita, we wouldn't think that they would be for cannabis, but they really are, and the mayor of Wichita is for it. Um, so it's just a, I don't know, getting out there and talking to people. Is, yeah, and, uh, that's the important piece is, is put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, even if you're just around the dinner table with your family, because, like, for instance, I've sat here with you. I put my phone down. You and I, face-to-face conversation right now. And I just learned something about that senator and that mayor that I didn't know through a conversation. Yeah. And, of course, you have to consider the cognitive bias and who you're talking to, you yeah. know, right? Like They're probably I'll, both Democrats. You know, and, and so, but, but, I, but again, I learned something, and it wasn't through an algorithm. It was through personal experiences that you had. Yeah, and it's, you know, like, I don't care, Democrat, Republican, like, yeah, I don't care It doesn't matter anymore. to me either. Give it's, a shit. Like, if you're a good person and you're doing what you need to do and you care about the people. Yep. Because if that were the case, like, technically, um, I am a registered Republican. So am I. Um, but, like, for instance, the things that Jason was saying when he was on the podcast, I was like, yeah, I could I'd wrap my mind around all that. Yep. But just because he has, like, a D next to his name, like, now he's the enemy. Again, that division that we were talking about. So I answered that question. So There we go. <laughs> Long story short. <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna jump off a little bit and start talking about some I don't know they they're conspiracy quote unquote conspiracy theories, but these are ones that have actually been proven by government documents and this and that. And I feel like I should put the yeah. little sound effect in. Need I think put, I might do that actually. Need to put our tinfoil hats on, like Andy <laughs> would say, you know. Um, Ted Carter's ears just perked up. Yeah, they did. Um, so one of these is. It talks about um, Osama bin Laden and how the U.S. government actually found the information to locate where he was when they went to assassinate him. And what they did was they infiltrated basically a – they were doing a polio vaccine um, campaign. And they infiltrated 
um, they were vaccinating kids, and what they were trying to do is get into this, um, what's it called? Like, into his house or like his yeah, I mean, compound, compound villa, whatever, whatever that's the word could, I was yeah. looking for. Compound villa, whatever you want to call. They it. were trying to figure out who was in this villa, and the CIA had Osama bin Laden's DNA because his sister lived in the United States. Um, and they were trying to confirm his location at this compound via DNA from his kids that would have been living there. So what they did is infiltrate this charity, nonprofit, like humanitarian group who was vaccinating kids in Pakistan, right? Yeah. And they went and knocked on this door and they were going to try and vaccinate the kids in there and get the DNA back and confirm that they were Osama bin Laden's kids. And, th- and this, then they would know and be able to confirm that Osama bin Laden was in there. And they'd co-opted a doctor, a, a, a Pakistani doctor, mm-hmm. and that was a part of this nonprofit yep. that they were basically paying him to do this. This doctor practiced in Pakistan. He actually moved to California for like a year and then moved back, he said, because he didn't like the Western ways and he didn't want his kids to grow well, up. Bro, you chose with California. Of course you would hate it. With our Western values, and they moved back to Pakistan, and then that's when he's actually serving, like, I think 33 years was his original sentence. For helping with this? Yes. And they, I don't think, I mean, he's he's known as a traitor in Pakistan, basically. Um, but he's in a, a prison in Pakistan that has over 3,000 inmates. There's Al-Qaeda assassins and all sorts of bad people in this prison, and he's stuck there, too. Well, they were trying to get the DNA from these kids to confirm that he was in there. And they didn't actually ever vaccinate anybody in there and get the DNA, but they did. Like, when he went and knocked on the door, he figured out, um, he said, can I speak to the owner? And the guy who answered the door said, his name is this, and here's his number. And come to find out, the person who owned the place was um, Osama bin Laden's courier, his like right hand man, basically. And then that's that was enough for the United States to go in and raid the compound and assassinate. But to me, it's just wild, you know, like a fake vaccination campaign and like what they would go to to like get a guy like that. Um, and I just wanted to talk about like your thoughts on the immorality of using like healthcare and that kind of thing for assassinations. And really just, I mean, really that was Intel at that point, gaining Intel, um, using the healthcare route and children and fake vaccinations <laughs> to get the DNA. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm kind of torn on the subject, you know, when it comes to, you know, what, what Osama bin Laden touted that he'd accomplished when mm-hmm. it came to, to harming us, because, you know, you look at it at face value of like he he harmed us, but on the flip side of the coin, typically you create freedom fighters when you harm some of them. Like if you killed his dad or his son or his whatever, now he's a freedom fighter. Now he hates you and wants to get back at you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's a it's a very complex thing. But you know, there there are some articles, and I'm looking at one right here right now um, that says the CIA's hunt for Osama bin Laden fueled vaccine hesitancy in Pakistan. And this was from uh, the New Scientist, published May 11th, 2021, by a Karina Shaw. So now humanitarian Shah, 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 humanitarian Shah. groups are struggling to vaccinate yeah. and actually help people because of this issue of the the unethicalness of what happens. So if you if you look at this at, at face value, and of course I have no data in front of me, but if 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 you you killed one guy, you use this to kill one guy. Mm-hmm. And granted, he killed thousands, thousands, allegedly, and, um, and I say allegedly. Please understand that, like, I'm not saying that I'm sticking up for Osama bin Laden, so please don't interpret it as that. But, um, now at the, now these now now you have parents that aren't like legitimate, everyday, run of the mill parents that aren't taking their kids to get vaccinated for things that are very preventable, like polio, because mm-hmm. um, even though like. Uh, Nate and I were very critical of the Ronavax. Like, I am not anti-vax. Um, 
So things like polio are good. And now how many kids are now going to die or pass on things, you know, because of in DNA or whatever, because they aren't getting vaccinated. So what are the long term effects of effects that? of that? Mm-hmm. And that's data we don't have. But I can tell you it's not good. Right. Like I can't see anything good by not vaccinating kids against polio. What are we, 10 years after the assassination of them? Something like that? Um, For this article? Yeah. This one was published in 2021. No, like when we assassinated him. Oh. uh, It was was under Obama's term. Um, We can look it up real quick. So, I mean, you're seeing it's fairly quick. And you're May 2nd, 2011. 2011, so 10. It's been 11, 11 years. years. Yeah. But. So, that's just one thing that, like, the the boy cried wolf, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, with well, And, sorry. With, like, the COVID vaccines and yeah. this and that. And we already see, like, I mean, we're so far right and far left on this and split and divided, you know, like, what happens, you know, I'm not going to say COVID wasn't a bad thing you know it killed lots of people also i mean a lot of those people had pre-existing conditions that were preventable and this and that um but some people didn't and it was harmful to those people who didn't have those like preventable deals um but what happens when something comes in that is truly harmful and deadly you know we're going to be in this same situation like Pakistan is right now. They don't want to vaccinate their kids for polio. Polio is a lot worse than COVID was. You know, um, what happens then? Like yeah. we're fucked. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, you know, it's definitely politicians playing playing with things they shouldn't be playing with. You mm-hmm. know, I I never realized. I mean, it's been there for decades, if not more. But like the Kansas statutes had things about communicable diseases and all this other kind of stuff. Things that I never knew about, cared to read, cared to know. But it became very re- relevant in early 2020. Mm-hmm. And and you know a lot of those a lot of those health officials and stuff were given a lot of power as a result of all of those things. So it's like right now, you know, Biden just re- um, recently said that the monkeypox was. Uh, you know, like a, a, I forget the verbiage. They declared some sort of like an emergency, yeah. And it and it and it lasts for ninety days, which goes right into the election and all this other kind of stuff. So let's just this this is not me saying they're trying to mess with the elections and stuff. Although I could very easily wrap my mind around it from either side of the of the aisle, not just the the people with the D next to their name. Mm-hmm. Both both sides are playing this game. Yep. And and so they're now they're playing this game and like let's say for instance later on. You and I, we find out, wow, they were playing a game. You know, they were trying to screw with the election, whatever. Now, when something else comes around like this, again, it is very much like the boy who cried wolf. And it's like, well, now I'm not going to believe you. And now there are people that are dying by the millions and hundreds of millions of something that's like really bad. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't something to play with as a political game to try to keep me in office. But those people don't give a fuck about you or me. No, nope. and and I say those people. I meant the 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 big top end Congress people that have been there for forty, fifty, Your 60 federal years. government, the term yeah, long they, life term politician, yeah. lifetime politician. There there are some people that are getting ready to get in there. You know, like Eric Greitens and and some other people that that I think are going to try to do a good job, but they're one person. That's a vote of two hundred. Mm-hmm. So. um you know that they're they're up there and they don't give a shit about you or I. They give a shit about what keeps me in power, what keeps me with the more money, and what keeps me with my the, the way that I want to live my life, my mm-hmm. pleasure lifestyle. That's all they care about. What's well, best for my interest? That's basically. it. That's all. Yeah. Those decisions are made purely based on that value set, based purely on that confirmation bias. <laughs> yep. It's uh, I don't know. It's scary to me that yeah. we've gotten to this point. Yeah, I won't argue. Um, it's definitely very much a, a slippery slope, and it's it's not something that uh, I think you're going to see go away until we, as a society, say enough. We put our foot down. It, I mean, to me, the government is like a child, and if you have a kid that just keeps saying, "Can I have this?" and you say, "No," well, can I have this? Can and no? Can I have this? No, I already told you no. No doesn't mean keep asking until you get what you want. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the government. 
And and I the one thing I loved about the insurrection was seeing politicians tuck tail and run. That right there is why you should fear us. Yeah. Because we are allowed and have the capability to do just that. And, I mean, those people sit up there and they feel fucking bulletproof. They feel invincible like nothing can touch them, you know. And they're human just like you and I. And now the FBI and NSA are listening to our podcast. That's all right. Come get us. I, yeah, I, you're really going to save a whole lot of lives by putting me in jail because you <laughs> know, I'm, I'm advocating to hurt people. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely interesting, an interesting conversation because uh, I can't see something good happening out of people not getting a polio vaccine. Yeah, that, that there's only bad that can come from that. That is a hundred percent, and I don't know. It's just. It is, like you said, a slippery slope. Well, and then if you have those people that aren't getting it, polio can make a, a comeback. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gotten to a point where it was so widespread that it was kind of pretty much non-existent, kind of eradicated. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you don't have it, like it can make a comeback. And like, even though you're vaccinated, you're still going to get sick. <laughs> like COVID, excuse me. Sorry. <sighs> I had something stuck in my throat there. Um, yeah, it was so one of my friends that uh, I went to college with. He's vaccinated, and he's probably had COVID three times this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've had COVID one time since 2020. Yep. Well, that you were tested to know about. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I got so sick. Like, I was on the couch for three, two weeks. Yeah, but it's mutated. It, it can be different. Like, Like, the, what was it that the guy that was on Rogan's podcast said? The Delta variant was actually the, the worst of the, the variants. They said that one was the one that was killing people. Is that the first one? No, Delta was after mm. delta was like the the next big quote-unquote variant that you heard about yeah and he said so there was like the first variant and then there was delta and then there was something after and i can't even remember omicron yeah omicron yeah and and so he was saying omicron wasn't a big deal the first one wasn't a big deal he's like but delta was like really affecting people mm-hmm. is what he was saying and he's like and we weren't vaccinating against delta so like the vaccines were worthless <laughs> they yep. didn't do shit yeah, that's the thing is those vaccines were only good for like your first variant, right? Yeah. And then I think like it, the Omicron or whatever was close enough to the first that it helped with that too. I, I don't know. I'm no doctor. So. And we just went down the proverbial rabbit hole. Yeah, always do. <laughs> Tends to happen around here. As Ted's like, I love this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. And the, well, I guess also, sorry to interrupt you there, no, is, good. you know, we've also seen with Edward Snowden when he talked about everything that the NSA was doing and all those documents that they released. And if you haven't watched that documentary, you really need to, it's pretty amazing. Um, that like, if, if they're willing to just do that, like that stuff's happening here. I mean, those things are happening. And, and like, for instance, um, when you see that, um, the United States federal government paid hundreds of millions of dollars to like a company like 23 and me or something like that. One of those ancestry things, mm-hmm. And I guarantee it was in the contract that you signed when you sent your DNA in, because let's face it, nobody reads those 60-page contracts, that, you know, your data is now our data and we can do what we want with it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. is pretty much what that says. So they bought all that DNA data, and it's like, now what are they going to do with it? <laughs> like, Because they, they, have, they have said, like, now we can manufacture weapons that target a specific person based on their DNA. They're going to clone us. And I'm not saying like they want to kill them. Like, uh, fuck, I don't know. Maybe they do. But, um, but as far as like what now, what are they going to do with this data? That's what I want to know. Like, what, what is the plan? We can venture down the proverbial rabbit holes on that all day long. <laughs> but of course, they're going to say, well, we were seeing why some people with this DNA, they died, whereas people with this DNA didn't. And then we're going to come up with this better treatment or what, you know, that's what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, at the end of the day, anything and everything like that is ultimately at some point weaponized. Yep. You know, like there were two scientists someday that figured out we can make two atoms collide and it releases a bunch of energy. And the government went, oh, let's make it to where we can kill a bunch of people with it. Whereas the scientists were like, uh, what did that, we just do? That, that is not what we were intending. We were thinking like maybe powering something for, you know, like a long period of time for very little money, you know. So that's kind of how that natural progression of that stuff goes. Yep. So. Um, and then this kind of ties right into um, everything. And it was uh, it's called Operation Northwoods. And it was um, during the um, 
Fidel Castro regime or whatever in Cuba, um, when the United States was wanting to get involved, there's actual government documents on this that have been unclassified and stuff. And it talks about how the United States was going to start hijacking their own planes, like commercial planes, and blaming it on Cuba in order to get involved with that crisis and send troops to Cuba, basically. And so to me, that's another spot, like, if the government's willing to do that in the 60s, you know. And then, like, there was claims of that same attacking the flag during 9-11 to get us to go over to Afghanistan and with Pearl Harbor and letting it happen so we could get involved in World War II. It just seems to me like the government, I mean, we like war because war makes us money. Yeah, war is money. Um, and just the government wants to be in wars and the government... We'll do that and make money no matter what, no matter the cost, you know, like even if it's at the cost of our own citizens. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, and I, I'm going to use a couple of movie references here. And yes, I know that it's Hollywood, but hear me out. So in, um, uh, is it the War of Lords? Is that what it is with Nicolas Cage where mm-hmm. he's the gun runner? I don't know. I don't think I've seen that one. Gosh. Anyway, um, let's see. Nicholas Cage, Warlord movie or Gunrunner movie? Lord of War. Yeah. Okay. Lord of War. Um. So at the at the end of that movie, so he he's like running guns, and mm-hmm. so like, and he finally gets quote unquote caught by the federal government. Well, he's sitting in with this this agent that's been tracking him for a long time, building a case, all this other kind of stuff. The agent sits down and he's got everything he needs, everything he needs to prosecute this character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage is all very nonchalant about it. And of course, he's rich and everything like that. So, you know, kind of that whole like sitting back in a chair, smoking a cigarette type mental picture. Yeah. And the guy tells him like, like, I got you. Like, you're mine. And he goes, no, no. Here's what's going to happen. He goes, eventually, you're going to get a knock at that door. You're going to have some really big general, and it shows a general with tons of awards all over him. It's going to tell you and congratulate you that you did an an excellent job and that you're valuable and blah, 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 and you're going to be promoted and all this other kind of stuff. And and then he's like, and then you're going to be told that you're no longer on the case, and it's going to go away. Because I give guns to the people that your government can't get involved in, so they pay me to give those people guns to fight their enemies. Yep. And basically kind of like on the necessary evil. Same thing, Peaky Blinders. Uh, again, TV show slash movie reference. But the government, you know, sanctions certain killings of people. I mean, that that, that is not, not, is not a thing. That is something publicly available everywhere. Yep. Um, you see it all the time. It, it's now I mean, gone. We see more. that with cartels and stuff in Mexico. You yeah. know, like giving money to certain groups or gangs and guns so that they can take out cartel members um same thing with uh the the wow i just um had it in my brain the one where obama's administration let all of those guns go across the border um gosh i just read a book on this but anyway um so back to peaky blinders where you sanction like the killing of a person that the government doesn't like or that's in the way or some prince or whatever well, then the person that you paid to do the job now gets caught, and now you execute that person. Boom! You've tied up all the loose ends, and so it, it doesn't it doesn't make it like it's not a stretch for my imagination to say that government is capable of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially when you get a bunch of people that see someone like say Osama bin Laden, you know. We're going to take out all the stops and do whatever the hell we can, including a fake vaccine, screw everybody else. Or, uh, you know, and I'm sure they were vaccinating children while they were doing it, of course. Um, But, you know, it was a ruse to try to get into that specific compound. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it doesn't, it's not a stretch in my mind um, to see them do something like that. Yep. And I guess back to that, the Osama bin Laden deal um, on tracking a terrorist and assassinating a terrorist of that level. And um, what are your thoughts on having ethics in order to find him? Well, 
you know, so obviously my training in law enforcement is on our, on our trays at the academy is, um, basically it tells us that, um, you know, that, that community trust is built on the fact that we're moral and ethical and all that good stuff. That's Mm -hmm. where, that's where, you know, police work, it really shines. But I will tell you watching how our criminal justice system has worked lately is probably I guess the best word I can give is abysmal because these these criminals know and that they live the criminal lifestyle that they're going to go out and they're going to victimize and they're probably going to victimize 30 40 50 100 150 times Mm -hmm. get caught once of those times and then they go they get caught they go to jail for a little bit and they've already profited their money or their drugs or whatever it is that they were doing and then they get put on some sort of post-release supervision and put back out in society just to start the process all over. Like, I have literally watched people come in with 20 and 30 active cases. Now, if you keep in mind that of those 20 and 30 active cases, they've gone out and victimized probably three to four times that amount on mm-hmm. each one of those cases already. So they've probably offended 100 or more times. Or maybe like the, the statistic for DUI was... So before getting caught for DUI, you drove an average of 300 times drunk before you got caught once for DUI. Goodness. So, so let's just use a low statistic of 100. <laughs> <laughs> let's just use a, ho- a statistic of 100. So for each one of those 30 cases, they've now, now gone out and victimized potentially 3,000 people. And that's a pretty big deal to mm-hmm. me. Um, so, uh, you know, when it comes when it comes to that, like seeing that this is my long way of answering your question of seeing them realize that they don't have to play by a play playbook or rule book and are not held accountable. Whereas when I go out, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do this and I have to read you Miranda, which they're all good things. I Mm -hmm. like following the constitution. I have no problem with that. Um, But I can say that it is sometimes frustrating when I'm standing on the side of the road with someone who I know is engaged in criminal activity. Like I know it without a, I I can feel it in my bones. I know it without a shadow of a doubt, but proving it is different. Mm -hmm. Right. And I got to play by that playbook and I have to let that person go knowing that they're going to go out and continue victimizing people until the next time that they mess up. And I might be able to get a chance to get them in front of a judge who's then just going to fucking release them. Um, and, you know, give them a 500-word strongly worded apology letter, plea it down to a parking violation, and leave it from there. So uh, I'm a little bit salty about that, if you can't tell. But so so it when it comes to that, you know, I, I guess it's kind of rough because, again, it's that slippery slope like you and I were talking about of like, well, we, we've seen it in, in society is we, we keep changing the standard, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're at a point where nobody wants to work at like a, an office building or have the uh, nine to five job or like, Oh, do I get a stipend to put office furniture in my, my house? Because you, you know, I'm working for you, you know, nobody th- wants to be a cop. Yeah. Things like that. And so, so you start changing the standards. Like even the military has started changing the standards where it was, um, you know, like you, you, you know, it used to be, you had to do, I don't know, let's just put a number like a hundred pushups. Well, now it's like, well, if, if you're capable of doing a push-up, like, you know, then we'll let you in kind of thing on some stuff. And I'm not saying the military did that, but what I'm getting at is, is we keep changing the standards. And I think that's what's gotten us to where we are now, you know, in the fact that, that we're not good at math. We're not good at managing our money. We're not because we keep changing the standards. We haven't set a standard and then held it. Nobody wants to be seen as the bad guy. Nobody wants to do that kind of stuff. So... It's it's a really slippery slope to say how I feel on that ethical thing. Um, to me, uh, it, it's it's very binary. It's yeah. either right or it's wrong. And you know, w- with 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 the days and age of the technology that we have, and and all of that other kind of stuff, and like. You know, for instance, I'd heard at some point one of the things they used to factor in on that. I can't remember if it was the book I read, but was a satellite image of the man that was standing out on this like patio and they could see his shadow. And based on the things around it, they knew how tall Bin Laden was. Yeah. And based on things around it, they were able to use math to figure out how tall the shadow was and then figure out how tall the man was. 
And uh, you know, so things like that of, while yes, there he's continuing to be free and all this stuff a little while longer, eventually he's a human being who's going to mess up and eventually we can get him put in front of you know, either either trying to catch him or put him in front of a court or kill him or whatever. Yeah. Um, and where does that put us on the standard of, like, everybody else in the world? They're like, oh, they're willing to do this unethical thing to catch this guy that's unethical. You know, to me, that kind of puts you on the same level. Oh, And a lot of people look at the United States, not necessarily, like, modernized countries, but, like, those Middle Eastern countries look at us like, like evil, you know, for that reason. Okay, let's let's put it into cannabis terms. If if you are in America in in, in Kansas mm-hmm. and you have your third offense of possessing marijuana, now possession in Kansas can be the residue left in the bottom of a pipe. It does not have to be plant matter. I can charge you with possession of marijuana in Kansas with residue out of a pipe. That's mm-hmm. all I need. And if it's your third offense, it's a felony. And you can, you more than likely won't, thank goodness, but you can go to prison for a very long time for that. <laughs> so the, this WNBA player that she's Brittany in. Brittany Griner. Yeah, she's in, 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 in jail in Russia because she did She got have, sentenced to nine years. Yeah, so so here's the deal. When, when Russia does it to an American citizen, it's an atrocity. Mm-hmm. But when America does it, it's justice. Yeah. What? What, what 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 the fuck? Is that not a goddamn confirmation bias? Mm-hmm. If that's not a confirmation bias, I don't know what the fuck is. And so, it, it, my thing is, is like if we get back to the whole the whole ethics and, and standards is is if we can just get a judicial system that doesn't have judicial activism because that's what we have right now. We have ju- judges that are acting as advocates. Judges aren't advocates. Judges assure that the law is applied. Yep. So that the legislature made a law or Congress made a law, the judge ensures that it's applied correctly. Not that they bring their personal interests or anything into it. Is does this fit the letter of the law? Yep. So when people come before your bench and people come before you for prosecution or for sentencing, that you hold them to the letter of that law, not give them chance number 30 fucking nine and send them back out on the street thinking and hoping that they'll get better. Yeah. Say, no, this is what prisons were for. You can't follow the laws of the society. You go to it. Yep. Hey, going back to the cannabis thing, there's people in prison, unviolent cannabis users and that kind of thing. But, but here's 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 where I stand on it, Nate, is even if somebody goes up there and for cannabis and the judge is applying the law and they're righteous in what they did, I agree with it. Now, hear me out. Before applying you, the law. Yeah. yeah no, I agree with law. that, too. But but you know, I, not that I necessarily agree. I'm just speaking with it for to cannabis. the like the legalization of it, and like that would help our prison systems out because we would it, they would be less crowded, basically. Yeah, that's where I'm going with it. Yeah, I mean, there there are certain people that prisons were made for them to be in, and if those dudes were caught with like ten pounds of marijuana, you know, more than likely they're going to get out and get caught with ten pounds of meth or yeah. something. You know, they're gonna a drug dealer is going to be a drug dealer. Yeah. So, um, uh, also earlier when I was talking about, so operation fast and the furious, we were talking about all of like, we, cause we, we kind of got off subject from operation Northwoods of hijacking our own planes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So operation fast and the furious was actually this thing where it was originally touted. And this is the book that I read on this was from an actual ATF agent that she was in the ATF at the time this was happening. So the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, also known as the BATFE. Um, and she was saying that what happened is there was this fundamental shift inside of the ATF. It used to be, you know, you start out as an agent, you move to kind of like a special agent, then you move yourself up the chain of command. So by the time you make it to a command staff position, Mm -hmm. like you have tons of street experience, like, you know, how to solve crimes, work crimes, et cetera. Well, the ATF had gotten away from that and put bureaucrats in those positions appointed people from outside that had never worked a case or a street job in their lives. Yeah. And then they come up with this fast and the furious thing because uh, they knew that agents themselves would not be a fan of this. So basically what they did was they, they went to local like gun dealers down on the, the border States and said like, Hey, we're trying to catch cartel members that are illegally buying guns. Would you be willing to help us? And of course all those people were like, hell yeah. Like I'll help you do that. Well, what actually ended up happening was they allowed, uh, if I remember correctly, hundreds and hundreds of guns 
to go across the Mexican border and did nothing about it because once it crossed the Mexican border, Wasn't it just disappeared yep. and they couldn't do anything about it. And they were actually watching people. They watched them make the possess- – that they knew that they were making purchases because they were coming in and they were buying cash, like thousands of dollars in guns in cash multiple times a day. Not, not a red flag, right? So they knew yeah. these people were running guns for the cartels. And instead of nabbing them up and working the case like law enforcement officers typically work them, which what's happened is, is you nab those people, you put them with major felony crimes, kind of work them a little bit in the sense of working them, I mean, like with words, talking to them, to try to get to the next rung. And get them the, the to, person, yeah, yeah, and then move on up the chain from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily the most efficient, but um, it works yeah. over time. And it does take some time. And they weren't allowed to arrest them, and they let guns run across the border. Well, then what happened as a result of this, once this all came to fruition that this was happening, the government's like, oh, see, those evil gun dealers and blah, 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 when this was actually an ATF sanction thing. Mm-hmm. So things to me, like Operation Northwoods, um, and it's not even honestly, and I may make some people's heads pop here, but it's not even a a far stretch of my mind to think that our government could have been somehow involved in 9-11. Yeah. Like, things like that. I mean, I don't know if I'm 100% sold on it, but if somebody came up with some type of imperial evidence, that sh- empirical evidence that, like, proved it or something, like, I'd be like, okay, I could wrap my mind around I could see that happening. Well, the thing is, is, like, this, I don't know when it was declassified, but it wasn't that long ago that some of these documents were declassified, you know, and it happened in the 60s. You know, so we may be dead. When stuff from 9-11 is declassified, yeah. we see that. You know, it, it could be 100 years from now when that stuff is shown. And just the same with, like, the old voting fraud and this and that. You know, stuff's going to ha- come out on everything eventually. And, I mean, it could be 40, 50 years from now, though, is the yeah. issue. Well, and, and the nice thing is, uh, another thing that I have to agree with Andy on, is we talk about the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams and stuff of – that these these people are using that made all of this and that own all of this are using that information to leverage against us. Well, I think it's also going to be you know part of their downfall as well because of how fast information does spread mm-hmm. and how fast people can talk and communicate and all that other kind of stuff. And so it'll be interesting to see when that shift happens. Um, I, I'm I am uh, optimistic that I'd hope that would happen in my lifetime, um, but uh, but I don't know. I, th- I think it's I think it's probable. Uh, I think it's possible, but I'm not sure that it's probable. Um, right now, people are still so ingrained in their devices and the next best thing, and and you know looking at well, who's going to be the president for the next four years instead of looking at the overall broad picture from a thirty thousand foot view. That or you know you're not going to focus on that. Focused on Hollywood and like who yeah. Kim Kardashian is dating now yeah. or what so and so said. You know, I mean that's that's a big distraction too away from that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and you know, some of some a part of me also goes the times that I see when I'm handed a packet by the government that says in accordance with the the um uh the government law on decreasing the amount of paperwork, we've given you this piece of paper. <laughs> so, I see that and I see our government do shit like that and I'm like that's fucking stupid. And and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm giving these morons more credit than they're worth. Like I don't I don't know can they orchestrate all of this as well as they're trying? I don't know. Yeah, that's another thing, you know. It's like for 9/11 for say, you know, like how many people would it take to cover that up? All the moving parts that would have had to happen that day. You know, like you you make laws that make it all lawful. That's what you do. There's there's so many laws on the books like right now you and I are probably violating some federal law. Yeah. I don't know. Just sitting here. Maybe we weren't supposed to have this type of plastic bottle. I don't know. You know, it's it's illegal to possess that type of plastic. Yeah. Like, who it, knows? I mean. I don't know. Just the amount of, well, just the amount of work it would take to go into that to change all the laws, you know, just to cover something like that, that up. That's where my skepticism comes. Well, look, at, to answer your question, go back to Snowden and the Patriot Act. When they went to go pass the Patriot Act and all the shit that they were doing with the FISA warrants and all that other kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. they went back to, like, there's so many laws on the book, Nate. They went back to some, like, 19, like, 20-some law or, or, you know, some 
<clears throat> some obscure thing that everybody had forgotten about that nobody knew about, mm-hmm. trying to say, well, this is what we were doing that justifies this. Yeah. And it was just the power of the pen. That's how you cover up those. Because you don't get people like you and I to follow along with something like that when, when you know it's outright wrong. Yeah. What you do is is that you get people like you and I that work in those places to say, hey, Congress just passed a law, blah, 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 blah. This is what we're doing now. We're collecting this information. We're doing this. We're doing that. And then you and I put the pieces in, in place uh, without, without ever, without no. ever yeah, knowing that we did it, that we were a part of that puzzle. Yeah. That's how. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> now that we've gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, uh, Lots well, of ways. Uh, after saying all that, I now see Ed like or uh, uh, Ted, excuse me, doing like the whole like yes. I can see him like pumping his arm like yes, yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Ted to come on. He last time he came on, he wanted to talk about conspiracy theories, and I think that'd be a fun one. Get Ted back on here, and we'll talk yeah. about conspiracy theories, and maybe we'll bring his son Skyler in. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then we'll be in here for like eight and a half hours, and every we're gonna put this the podcast out in like four four week increments. We'll have to set it, <laughs> set an alarm or something so we can keep it under two hours. <sighs> yeah, well, that was fun. Uh, not only that, but coming coming into that uh, without without ever reading and having to think about it was pretty cool. And then I couldn't think of things like I was over here cussing myself. I'm sure you saw. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of the Paperwork Reduction Act. Yeah, that that was what I was looking for. In accordance with the Paperwork Reduction Act, I have to give you this piece of paper that says we're trying to keep pieces of paper down. Yeah, like it, that that does the things that make me like these morons can't be as good at what they're trying to do as what they say they are. Yeah, or what we're giving them credit for, I should say. Um, but uh, it's it's uh it's an interesting time and place, and I think that. With the uh, with the you know it's 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 one of those things where if something happened on the other side of the world, you know, fifty years ago, it'd take time for it to get here. But now it's instantaneous. Like when Beirut had that like that factory explode, mm-hmm. I think it was Beirut, wasn't it? Anyway, they had the 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 fertilizer that was in that thing and it exploded oh. near that town and blew it up. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I think it was Beirut. But anyway, even if it wasn't, what I'm getting at is when that happened. We it saw was, it almost live. Yeah, it was like transmitted around the world like minutes later. People posting Facebook videos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's uh, that's going to be ultimately, you know, I think f- social media right now is our do- downfall. But I think ultimately in the future it'll be our saving grace. I, I think. Yep. So I guess that's probably about it for today. I've just got a little challenge for everybody just to. Uh, Go out and have some genuine conversations to get your nose out of technology for a little bit and go, I don't know, maybe it's not the county seat, but go somewhere different. Go to like Sandhills and go have a genuine conversation with somebody and just go like talk to people. (laughs) Just get out of technology for a little while because it's it's distracting and you can be 10 times the person you are without that in your life. And I also challenge you just to kind of look at, like, look at some viewpoints other than your stop living in that echo chamber. Kind of look outside mm-hmm. and and see see what there is. I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm not saying you have to to buy into it. But when you're having those conversations, be willing to turn butt hurt mode off. Yep. And have conversations with people with differing viewpoints. Yep. Don't be a snowflake. <laughs> you can be a snowflake and be a Republican too. Yeah, I've for seen sure. That happen. For sure. So, well, on that note, everyone, uh, we'll wrap it up. And thanks for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you um, taking the time to be here with us. Um, just check us out on Facebook at The Higher Points Podcast, on Instagram at The Higher Points, and our website, www.thehigherpoints.com. We really appreciate you guys. We'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, guys. See you.